Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass because it's a beautiful day to see pelvic floors. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors. We had off last Tuesday, so no new episode, but we have a few coming up for you now. We're going to actually batch record today. So I have a day off from the office at home. Um, One of our, well, our pup had a procedure being done. So I had to take the morning off to take her in and out and figured while I've got some time and some quiet in the house, I would do a few episodes. So today we're going to talk about return to running postpartum. This is something we've talked about um, on and off. It's something we work a lot with our patients. I can always tell when Dr. Marlena is doing a post or like a return to run screening um, because we can hear the different tests being done just from the point that we do a lot of like load management and you can hear the kind of jumping around in the other room. Um, We are also going to be offering a return to running workshop in January of 2024. So be on the lookout for that. I will drop the link in the show notes anyway, just in case you are listening to this at a different time and come across that. The link will always be the same for the workshop. And what's cool is it'll just take you to when the next one is available. So let's just say you've come onto this podcast way after it's been recorded. Maybe it's July of 24 and we happen to have one coming up in August or something. You'll be able to use the same link. So the link in the bottom will definitely take you to um, any upcoming return to running postpartum uh, workshops we have going on. So let's talk about what uh, what does this mean? What is, what's the whole workshop? What's it involving? What's the kind of concept behind this? And what do we do in the clinic? So in 2019, there was a really awesome guideline published. Uh, A lot of work went into that as far as looking at different kinds of research. Um, They did a really nice job of ranking the research itself as to like how strong it is, what kind of research. Is it more um, clinical knowledge? Is it stuff that's actually been well, um, you know, single blind, double blind studies? Like what's the different methods that have been performed to learn all these different things? They also did a really nice job of encompassing uh, someone who is postpartum as a whole human. So they talk about different things like um, uh, what is the mental health component and how is that impacting? Um, What is our patient's ability to recognize if their um, exertion and levels too high? So it's, it's more than just the physical, can your pelvic floor run or tolerate running? Can your joints tolerate running? Um, So within the guidelines, we'll kind of talk about what we're looking for in PT and why it's super helpful. So we'll do this a little in um, ambiguity or a little broad spectrum when we do it as a workshop. But when you come one-on-one, this is where we're really going to be able to put hands on and find out what is happening for you specifically. I really enjoy doing workshops because it's the ability to bring the education to the masses, to be able to tell people um, what's normal, what's not normal, things to be on the lookout for, um, things that you shouldn't just accept as being, you know, a new part of you. But some patients really want to know more. Like they learn that, they hear it from the workshop and like, cool, I feel knowledgeable now, but I want to know what my pelvic floor is doing. I want to know how my core is. I want to know what my hips are like. Uh, So that's where we can come in in the clinic and actually do a full hands-on evaluation and really give you the nitty-gritty about your body. So what does that look like? 
Well, within these guidelines, we're looking at return to running is generally recommended at three months postpartum. Um, This I tell all my patients when I'm talking about return to run with them, take it with a grain of salt. This is research. This is putting data together. This is finding what's the best guideline. Um, Some patients feel ready and do run faster and earlier, and that's okay. Um, We'll go over kind of the things to be unmindful for to make sure it's okay. But if you are just antsy needing to run, I have a lot of patients that they say running after delivery or running in general is a great mental health outlet for them. Maybe it's how they are able to help manage their anxiety. And so not having that as part of their toolbox to manage those symptoms can be really challenging. So the, the sooner the better for them. Um, and again, once we go through the kind of the pelvic floor side of things, you'll see, you know, as long as we're checkmarking all these and we're in a good place, I'm going to be there to support any way I can. Other people aren't ready to go back at three months. They might be six, nine months, a year out after having baby and do not feel ready to run. Maybe they don't feel stable. Maybe they're feeling a lot of pelvic pressure heaviness. Um, Something about just, you know, how their body, how their lifestyle, how their bandwidth is adapting to this new family dynamic. Um, Running just doesn't feel good or ready for that, or they're not ready for it yet. And that's totally fine. So just because three months is like the golden number here, does not mean you have to just feel totally ready to go at three months. But the the kind of guidelines give the blessing of three months postpartum, if you have no issues with the following, you should be safe to run. So the things we're looking for is urinary or fecal incontinence or urgency that you are unable to delay. So are you leaking urine? Are you leaking stool? Or do you get a urinary urgency, need to pee so bad or need to have a bowel movement so bad and you aren't able to overcome that and manage it um, and it's forcing you to go to the restroom? Those are signs your body's not ready to return to run yet. Um, pelvic heaviness or prolapse sensation, feeling like bulging or something's wanting to fall out of the anus or the vagina um, can be a sign of pelvic organ prolapse. Can be a sign of a few other things too. Um, that's the one of the big ones we go to when we're thinking of a postpartum body. Um, so signs of that, especially with running or during a workout, those are some signs that we have things that we need to be working on first in pelvic PT or pelvic OT. Um, painful intercourse. If sex is painful, that and pain from sex can come in a lot of different ways. Maybe it's dryness, uh, maybe it's tearing sensation or pulling sensation, maybe it's the scar tissue healing from a delivery, whatever it may be. Um, but when we look at pain with intercourse, that is a sign that we need to address, figure out what's going on. So assess and address the pelvic floor. Uh, core weakness or a diastasis without proper management. So if your muscles and if your core are weak, that's going to definitely impact your ability to return to run. Um, running is definitely a big core workout. Your core muscles are working so much. When you run, one leg is forward, the opposite shoulder is forward. And so you're doing so much like rotation, but your core is helping along with your lower body to in- give control and give stability to the body to continue to propel it forward. So core weakness can be a big sign um, of something that we need to address. I say diastasis with good without good management. If you have a diastasis, but you're able to manage your pressure, you have proper breathing technique, we are not getting coning or doming um, or heaviness or anything like that happening, then you can run. People have diastasis can and, and live with a diastasis and still run no problem. Um, it's just a matter of 
can you manage it appropriately? Again, how is your breathing mechanics? How is your moving mechanics? And what is happening um, in that area with running? So that's something I'm always keeping an eye out. Low back and hip pain. If you have low back or hip pain or how they put it in the the guidelines, which I'll drop in the show notes as well, um, is like lumbopelvic. So lumbo is the lumbar spine, pelvic being your pelvis. So low back and hip pain, if there's any of that with exercising or with running, um, that's a sign your body may not be ready to return to run yet. And so definitely have that assessed and we can figure out what's causing it and then what we can do to help support you so you can get back to that. Um, last one's a little bit more of a red flag than anything or yellow flag, um, vaginal bleeding after exercise. So vaginal bleeding that can't be just, um, explained by like a menstrual cycle or, um, maybe like wound healing, but if you have wound healing on, you shouldn't be running. Um, but vaginal bleeding that is not explained like a menstrual period. Um, that's a sign that we're going back to the doctor. So if you're having that after an exercise, a workout, um, a run, one, we need more rest. And two, we're going to go back to the doctor just to get it clear, just to get it checked out to make sure um, it may have just been overexertion. We tell our patients the same thing in the first few weeks after delivery. Um, If they're having increased bleeding, so as bleeding starts to slow, if it picks back up, that's your sign to slow back down. Like you're doing too much, you know, calm it down, not so much. Um, so those are kind of the things we screen for. If we're having any of those issues, we definitely recommend coming into a pelvic PT, pelvic OT, some kind of pelvic floor provider to assess and address those issues to help you back to the, your path to return to running. So if you do come into the clinic, um, maybe you're not having any of that, but you still just want to have an assessment or you're one of our patients already and you're wanting to return to run and wanting to do this assessment. We're going to look at a couple different things. One, we're going to look at your pelvic floor strength and endurance. So we're going to see, are your muscles able to coordinate and support you like they should? Um, Are they too tight? Do we need to actually work on relaxation? So we'll go both ways. We're going to look at your load and impact. So your ability to load the spine and the lower extremity, especially in single leg stance, because if you think about running, all you're doing is hopping from one foot to the other. It just looks a little more controlled and a little bit more natural. So that's load. And then impact, your ability to make that hop, to transfer from off the right toe and onto the left heel, and how your body is able to take the impact up the leg, into the pelvis, into the spine. Um, you know, there's, what is it? Um, one of the laws of physics is an object of motion stays in motion and less acted upon by an outside source. And so when we think of ground reaction force, um, ground reaction force means when your heel hits the ground, the ground hits you back. Um, because two forces, the ground and you are hitting each other and then they're absorbing the force that is coming. So that's super nerdy way of saying the way you, your body takes impact with running is important. Um, some people are heel foot strikers when they run, meaning when they advance a leg and take the weight again, maybe off the right and onto the left foot, they're going to hit at their heel first. And then the rest of the foot, um, comes down onto the ground. Other patients are more midfoot or forefoot strikers. So maybe they're putting their weight kind of in the middle of their foot or more on their toes. And that's where they're accepting the force as they're running. Um, there's a lot of science behind the different mechanics. What's better or worse, how your body responds. One's a little more bony. One's a little more muscular. We're not getting into that. But just recognizing that there is a lot of impact and we have to monitor and figure out what your body does and how your body is able to manage it. So we do this in a few different ways. We look at things like single leg balance single leg squat. Um, when I mentioned earlier that I could hear Dr. Marlena when she's in her room doing these tests, um, it's because I can hear her patients hopping in place 
or maybe doing some forward bounds. Um, so these are some tests that we do just to see how are you able to manage load and impact. The last thing we look at uh, specifically here is strength. We're going to look at things like what's your calf strength, your glute strength, um, how do you do with sit to stands? So this is looking at like hip flexors, um, hip abductors. Are you able to make make it through these functional movements? And then um, a sideline hip abduction test. So just strength of the lower extremity. Um, again, we've we've cleared the the pelvic floor. We've looked at the diastasis. So we're looking at all the different areas. But the the functional strength is an important thing we will assess in our evaluation time. Um, there's other super important factors that we have to consider here. Um, psychology and screening for things like postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression are super important here. Um, we want to make sure that our patients have all the resources they need in this postpartum state and that we recognize how these can impact our running, whether it's an unhealthy relationship with running, um, whether it's we're pushing ourselves too far too fast because we feel like there's an expectation by ourselves, an expectation by society, Um, maybe there's some bounce back culture, whatever it is, we have to take that into consideration and make sure that we are supporting our patients in that way. So we work a lot with mental health therapists and provide our patients resources anytime we can in those ways. Um, Next is scar tissue mobility. We're always wanting to assess and see, is there any scar tissue restrictions, whether delivery was via vaginal delivery or a vaginal or a cesarean delivery? And so any scar tissue mobility issues can impact running, whether it's through the abdominal area from a cesarean, or maybe there's some pulling at the pelvic floor because you've had a vaginal delivery and there is some scar um, tissue present. And so we're going to check into that and recognize that can be a limiting factor. Um, And then the last one I wanted to highlight was implications of breastfeeding or chest feeding. So for our patients that are producing milk and supplying that to their child, um, uh, this can definitely be important. Um, One of the things that we look at and they cover well in the guidelines here is that um, we know that relaxin is a hormone in our body that is elevated during pregnancy to create laxity, to give our ligaments some space and some ability to stretch as baby and body is growing. So remember, ligaments attach a bone to a bone. So it's going to give you things like the ligaments that support or the pubic symphysis is is not quite a ligament, but that um, connective tissue there is going to separate some or a lot. The SI joints are very supported by ligamentous tissue that is going to stretch, but also our ankles, our knees, our hips, there's ligaments all over. Um, and so that is going to be more stretchy and has a potential for more injury. So we always want to keep that in mind, just what is our relationship with how we're feeding and how is it impacting our body? Now, I always tell my patients, because I had one patient one day ask me, should I stop breastfeeding? I was like, absolutely not. Do not let this be what dictates your relationship with how you're feeding your baby right now. Um, If this is something you still want to do, we are here to support that and we are here to empower you in whatever way we can. Um, It it is not such a risk that you should stop how you're feeding your child if if that's still what is happy and what feels good for you and the right choice for your family. And so um, it's really just recognizing, hey, things might feel a little different right now. I might not feel as stable or maybe we need to work on a little more strength in our muscles than we had previously because we may have let our ligaments do a little bit more of the help than we thought we were. Um, 
This is recognizing maybe you have an old ankle injury and it's kind of peeking its head right now. Okay, so maybe we do give ourselves a little bit of support, maybe some KT tape, maybe a little ankle brace. Not something we want to run with all the time, but in this postpartum state where maybe that that body part needs a little extra support, we're going to be okay with it. And we're going to talk through what to be on the lookout for when we know it's appropriate or when we want to start to wean ourselves off of those supports as our body is feeling stronger. Um, there's a couple other factors that they list. Again, I'm going to drop the guidelines at the bottom. So feel free to reach uh, to read that. And if you have questions, please DM us, send us an email. We're happy to field any questions we can. So, um, and then once we've gotten through all that, and so we have gone through, we're three months post, we are saying no to any kind of incontinence or urgency, no pelvic heaviness, no pain with sex, no core weakness, um, no issues with like low back and hip pain and no vaginal bleeding with exercise or with running. Um, We've had our assessment. We know our pelvic floor has good strength and endurance. We can manage load and impact very well. Um, We have good strength in our body. We've kind of screened through those other factors of scar tissue, breastfeeding, and the psychology side of things, um, and we're ready to go. Where do we start? The number one thing that they can recommend here is graded return to running. Um, Using a program like Couch to 5K is a really great way to do this, but it can be anything. Just some kind of graded, a little bit of run, a little bit of walk, and then a little more run, a little less walk, and kind of slowly adding up the time um, to get you back to where you want to be. That is the one of the best ways that they recommend. Um, and then we have to keep in mind cross-training. You know, we aren't going to necessarily, we're not going to do the best job of improving. Maybe we have a little bit of weakness in one of our muscle groups that we need to work on. Um, let's just say glute med and hip abduction because we see this a lot. If you have weakness there, just running isn't the best way to improve that. Um, And so this is the idea of like, are we doing sport specific training? Are we doing like a good cross training program? So cross training, I'd love to see. Um, We're doing some other exercises on our non-running days. Maybe we're doing our hip circuit. So we're building up some strength in the muscles we know we're going to use to run. So that does feel more sport specific, right? We, the sport is run. The exercises we're doing are specific to trying to return to running. Um, But we want to make sure you have that good cross training. We're doing some other stuff. Maybe we're swimming for cardio um, on an off day or we're doing the bike or something else. Um, All of those can be positive ways to work on this return to run. But keeping in mind that when we're actually out on a trail, on the road, in a park, wherever we're running um, through the neighborhood, we're going to use a graded program that slowly ramps up our um, endurance with a little bit more run and a little less walk each time. And so that way we are just kind of slowly getting ourselves back into it. it. Gives us the time to listen to our body, hear what it's saying, recognize and reflect on, are we having any of those symptoms that can be signs that we need a little bit extra support? So hopefully this was a super helpful review. Um, We go into this a lot more in depth. We go through the entire, we're going to go through the entire assessment while we do our return to running workshop. So if you're curious about that, definitely join us in January of 2024. Um, If you have curious, or if you have questions about your specific body and you're like, what what am I doing? How am I managing this? reach out. We'd be happy to help out and help get you scheduled for an evaluation, run you through a running assessment and see, are you really ready to return to running postpartum? Um, so we're always here to, you know, impart our knowledge and help out in any way we can and just make sure that you are doing the best thing for your body, um, in a safe and effective way. So that's about all I have on return to running. 
I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. I appreciate you listening. Um, I, you know, encourage you to go back and listen to the other episodes. I'm trying to very, I'm trying to do like a good mix of different topics. Um, I know in the pelvic world, sometimes things get super focused on um, birthing individuals. And there's a lot of us that don't birth. There's a lot of us that don't have the anatomy to birth. Um, And so trying to make sure that all of our topics are a good mix. Um, Our next episode, I think, is going to be super interesting. We're talking about the four pillars of pelvic health. So um, this is very, the next one will be very specific to everyone. But just go give them a listen. You can kind of pick and choose the ones that sound super interesting to you. Um, And if there is something that you're just, you know, burning question you'd love to have us answer and kind of talk about as an episode, please email me or send me a DM on Instagram. Um, I did recently start a... um, Instagram page specific for me. It's at Dr. Joy underscore pelvic PT. Um, you can find it in our pelvic pride bio, but that was just to kind of break off some of the extra stuff I've been doing. Uh, the talk last week went really cool or two weeks ago went really well with, um, the Columbia students. And then I have another one upcoming with the New York college of medicine. Um, so just getting to talk about all things, gender inclusive care, which has been super, super awesome. So hopefully I'll bring some of that content to you very soon. All right, that's all I have for you for the day. Until next time, cheers. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.